<laughs> shut up. You need to shut up. You should have 20 times more confidence than you have. This whole time, all I've been thinking is how nice of eyebrows you have. Like, I, I'm mesmerized. I can't stop looking at them. I would look at your face all day. Like, you're, yeah, whatever. This is not about me telling you how beautiful you are. But, like, I'll just doubt you right now. Before you left, uh, you were seeing some guy and you had a threesome with some couple and you're fucking hot and everyone wants to have sex with you. So just get over that. It's bullshit. It's just bullshit. That stuff does not matter. All that matters is how it's affecting your attitude going into dates. Hi, I'm Dahlia. I'm not your therapist, but I am a dating coach, a matchmaker, and your new best friend when your real best friend just doesn't want to listen to you anymore. So let's have it. Hello, welcome. Received this listener question from a male-identifying listener. He writes, So as you get further into dating someone, obviously things can get a little bit dull, and sometimes you have to spice things up to make it feel like the beginning. One thing I noticed is girls not laughing at my jokes as much when we get further into the relationship. Maybe they don't think I'm as funny. What can I do to spice up the humor? It sucks, because I remember when they thought everything was so funny. I can relate to this. I mean, I think, sure, at the beginning of a relationship, the very beginning, we have a lot of bubbling over energy, nerves, giggles, we're excited, everything the person says is hilarious, and then as those chemicals start to calm down, we start to see each other as people, maybe we have our first argument, we see each other's flaws, we show each other our flaws. We don't maybe find everything they say is funny, and this can be the crucial time when we figure out if we really want to date someone or not. Not that you can't date someone that you don't find hilarious, but generally shared sense of humor is a good thing. But this is why I'm always saying maybe don't get into a relationship with a person until some of those chemicals have calmed down a little bit, which can be that first three-month period, which recently was proven right by the scientific idea that that's about how long a season lasts. And so our bodies adjust seasonally. So it's like that first season, we're like, whoa, yes, everything, everything great. And then as the season passes, we shift into another season. Our hormones change, our bodies change, whatever it is changes. We start to see another side of the person, those honeymoon chemicals wear off and we see, is this someone I really want to be around or was I just driven by hormones and chemicals? I would say to this person, if a few months into a relationship, it already feels like it's getting dull and you have to spice things up again, that shouldn't really be happening. That's not to say that in a good relationship, you don't get comfortable. And yeah, sure, maybe it doesn't feel as quite as nerve wracking as the beginning, but it shouldn't really feel dull. I don't know, before the first two years even, somewhere in there. So if it's like we're a few months in and it's already feeling like I need to spice things up and make things were what they were at the beginning, that's a different question in itself. Also, the right person for you is always going to find you funny. If they're not finding you funny a few months in, may not be the right person for you. On the other hand, I say all the time that shared sense of humor, laughing together, grows out of spending time together, having uh, experiences together, getting to know each other's little quirks, getting to know what makes the person laugh. So then it's not like you're just making general jokes, but you're making jokes based on what you know is funny to them. And, you know, they think it's hilarious when you do that one voice or when you say that one thing or you make that one face. You can only know that after time. So it may be that with this person, he's at the beginning, making all these jokes, and I happen to know that this person is a comedian, so my guess is he's actively making these jokes and he loves seeing this person laugh. And then as things are relaxing, he's like, well, she's not laughing as much at the jokes that I'm making. And I would say, 
relax a little. Allow this shared sense of humor to grow. I say all the time, you know, if someone doesn't make you crack up laughing on the first date, that doesn't mean they're not funny. That doesn't mean you don't have a shared sense of humor. That just means that a lot of that really grows out of getting to know a person. Think about how you laugh with your best friend in the world. That's because they're your best friend in the world. And sure, maybe you laughed like that with them from day one, but chances are it grew over time from you knowing each other, understanding each other, getting all the nuances, the inside jokes, the different shared circumstances, the history that you have together. So I would tell this person to relax, then stop trying to make her laugh. Stop trying to make jokes or have her be your audience that laughs or clocking how much she laughs and focus more on listening, paying attention, growing intimacy. If you feel in general like she's pulling away or things are getting dull pretty early on, that it just might not be your person and you might need to find someone that always thinks you're funny if that's really important to you and that is out there. But in the beginning, I think it's normal to have that explosive chemical feeling at the beginning when everything is funny and everything is fun and amazing and then things calm down a little bit and that's the time when you figure out if they're really a match for you. So rather than thinking, maybe my jokes just aren't as funny anymore, think, well, maybe this is where we figure out we're not quite a match, or maybe this is where we build a sense of humor that isn't about me performing my jokes, but is more about us finding things funny together and making each other laugh, which is a beautiful thing. So I hope that was helpful um, to this person and, you know, that he finds someone who can always think he's funny, but also who he can relax enough around that he doesn't feel like a failure if he's not making them laugh all the time. Your job is comedy. Your job is not in your relationship. Your relationship is two people living alongside each other, making each other laugh, finding each other funny through shared experiences, and just getting to know each other better and seeing if something is there when those initial sparks start to die down a little bit. Hello and welcome. I'm here with the lovely Leslie, not her real name, but Leslie is her alter ego, as in Leslie, no. And Leslie lives in the D.C. area. Leslie works in political-ish type deals. We won't say anything more than that. And Leslie, you recently, you used to live in Los Angeles and you recently moved back to the D.C. area. Yeah, I was raised in Virginia and then was in Los Angeles for the last eight years. The East Coast was calling me back, so I finally made my way back a couple months ago. So I am currently in between full-time jobs, consulting for some campaigns, and kind of trying to figure out my new life back on the East Coast. Love it. Um, now, I think I remember talking to you because we, we're friends. We're not super close. We don't see each other all that much, but we definitely like each other. Um, and I think I remember talking to you about maybe part of the reason you were moving back was for somewhat romantic reasons. Like you were like, I think I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you, I think you had been like, I do long-term want a family, want a partner, and I just don't really see that happening in LA. Is that part of it? Yeah, I think, you know, when I moved to Los Angeles, I did not expect it to be permanent. I didn't even expect it to be eight years. I was originally in journalism, so I was a reporter and an editor in Los Angeles. Really kind of had the long-term plan of, I'll do this for a couple of years here. When the recession happened, uh, my you know career path kind of moved a little bit, and I got into lobbying and political advocacy in Los Angeles. And it just like every kind of campaign and thing I was working on just kept me in Los Angeles for another year. Um, but really, for me, you know, I I 
wanted to put roots down or feel more permanently, you know, somewhere on the East Coast near DC in Virginia. So kind of hit, I was 30, hit the wall in terms of one job that I had uh, and just felt like it was the perfect time to go back and restart and look for everything from a job perspective and relationship perspective and whatever else. And it's interesting because I I have told people, even though I say, you know, dating can be hard or easy anywhere you go, I do think there are places where people are more prone to, quote, settling down, starting a family, dating seriously. And then there are places like Los Angeles where a lot of people want to be a kid forever and chase their dreams and their career is the most important thing to them and all that. And I think as long as people are honest about that, that's fine. But do you, so was part of it too that you felt like in the DC slash Virginia area, you were going to find more people who are kind of ready to take things to the next level? You know, I feel like I hear mixed things. I I've had a lot of friends that have lived in multiple major cities and we've had these conversation and I feel like their answers sort of range to there's people who perpetually want to be single and put their career or whatever ahead of everything else. And there's people who want to settle down. You know, I have plenty of friends in Los Angeles who met their partner in Los Angeles and settled down in Los Angeles. Um, but I think at this point it hadn't happened yet and I know I want to move back East. So, I mean, in my head, it's like, I'll get a job and then I'll get an apartment. And once I have kind of an idea of what my community is, um, then, you know, be a little more intentional about dating within that regional community and also having a better idea of what I'm doing compared to, you know, the people I'm dating. Got it. Now also right before you left, you came out as bisexual. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so that also is a yeah, relatively that's... new difference in dating. <laughs> so are you trying to date right now all genders, both genders? Uh, where's that? Or do you have kind of a, because I know there are people who are romantically heterosexual, sexually bisexual. Is that, where do you fall with that? right now. Yeah, really. I think I, I I have been, you know, attracted to and have dated both men and women. Um, I kind of quote unquote, officially to everyone, you know, came out about almost two years ago. Mm. Um, and then, you know, longer than that with some circles of friends. I'm definitely being in Los Angeles, you know, I grew up in Virginia, um, with fairly progressive, but still a religious family. And, you know, I think there was definitely a lot of religious suppression there. So, you know, being in Los Angeles and being around people when they share their lived experiences and their stories and they talk about how they realize that they're lesbian or gay or bisexual, um, you know, you start to see yourself in those and it starts to make sense like, oh, okay. Um, And so it was probably like four years ago that I first said out loud, kind of like, I think I'm bisexual. Um, but I feel like it's been about two years since, you know, like everyone knows, um, which sometimes my mom is like, why do you need to, you know, bring it up? And I'm like, well, from one, I need my friends to know they can set me up with their guy friends and their girlfriends and yes. their friends and whoever. Yes. Like, this is marketing myself from a yes. perspective. Totally. I want to limit what people think in terms of setting me up with someone. I, I've had two long-term relationships. Both were really before I was out and they were both with um, men, cis men. And, um, you know, I've only kind of been in like the early stages of dating women. Um, I've been like sexually active with women, but 
Um, but kind of also as a whole, I haven't really dated anyone longer than like a month, probably in five years. Mm, why do you think that is? I do think one is um, kind of the, the couple years when I realized my sexuality or really came to terms with it and was still in a closet for so many people. Like that really was a depressing time. And, um, and I don't also, I think I didn't really allow myself to feel the trauma of being in the closet um, because it is very traumatic. And I think I, you know, I work in politics, I work in progressive politics, um, you know, a lot of racial justice and LGBTQ justice. And, um, and I think I sort of just said to myself, you know, uh, as a, a cis white wealthy woman with so many privileges, like, yes, you're bisexual, but like, that comes with so many protections still in the system because mm -hmm. of the other, you know, intersectional privileges I have. And so I don't think I let myself fully feel the, the real anxiety and depression that comes with having to hide a part of yourself. Mm. And I think that just sort of made it harder for me to date in general because I just wasn't feeling good about myself. Um, you know, kind of, it was a physical toll and a mental toll. So that really did attribute a lot. And, you know, there is just such a lightness and strength that comes with fully being out and being able to be myself. Um, well, and I think that's true about, you know, so many things that, you know, it's that whole, like, you can't love someone until you love yourself, which whatever, but at least until you know yourself and you're honest about who you are, it would be the same thing, you know, if someone had a certain sexual kink or, or anything where you felt like you you were hiding a part of yourself every time you go on a date, then yeah, you're not you're not really going to enjoy those dates because you're not really present on them. Right, and there is a feeling of like when we're talking, when I'm talking to someone, you know, anyone, it that there isn't like a filter going on in my brain to make sure that two sentences ahead, I'm not about to say something that I don't want to say to them because mm -hmm. I don't feel safe or comfortable, you know, mm -hmm. coming out. So like tapering myself to like as I'm having the next sentence, if it was going to be, I went out with this woman, but I'm not in a place where I want to say that. And so like, I went out with this person or, mm. you know, and now just not having to have kind of that filter mm -hmm. as much, it, it really has been kind of freeing. So I am, you know, excited to sort of be back into dating. I will say right off the bat that you strike me as someone who potentially puts up a lot of, well, I'm not, uh, looking today. I'm not in a good place. I'm focused on my career. I'm focused on my moving or whatever it is. Maybe, and I could be wrong always, um, maybe in a way of pr protecting yourself from rejection, from getting close to someone and then having some part of you rejected, whether it was before you were out about being bisexual. And so you're like, I don't want to get close to someone because then what if they find out this part of me and they don't like it or you know, anything, what it is that you're afraid of rejection in some way. So it's a lot easier to come up with reasons not to date or reasons why now is not the time or whatever it is. That just strikes me off the bat a little bit about you. For sure. And one, you know, I, I do have a lot of my time is, you know, scheduled. And so there was, it was really easy to be like, this week I only have two nights where I'm not doing anything. And I want to use those to catch up on Netflix right. and like go to bed early. Right. And so it is about investing into dating. Well, and also I think of you as such a um, kind of pack mother, like troop leader, pack mother, like 
person who has it together. You've got the plan. You do take care of everyone. You bring the supplies. You organize the volunteers. You always had, you know, these weekly things at your house for people to come talk about political issues and you kind of led them and you made sure to rally everybody. And it's like, that takes a lot of energy and there isn't always that much room in there to say, but I need something or I'm not missing something, but there's something I'd like in my life. And that takes a certain amount of one, being able to give up control to be in a relationship means you don't get to run the show all the time. And Two, saying, yeah, I might be flawed and someone might have to see that. And I might not have my shit together all the time and someone might have to see that. And I might have to go on a couple bad dates that I have no control over how they go, no matter how awesome I am, which you do have a certain amount of control in terms of like, do you have a good time or not? But you can't control another person. You can't always control the situation. So I think you have like a very established, strong personality and strong life and way of being. And I could see that really not wanting to come into contact with like potentially something that could shake it up a little bit. You know, I, I, I always say I try to be very open to going on at least, you know, the first date. Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't have very many hard, like I always swipe left on this, but it does really feel like, you know, a commitment to just like be like, okay, when this starts, cause you know, it's sort of like a feast or famine. Once you open the apps, if you are sort of actively doing it, it is that like you're matching and now you have like five people that you're messaging with or whatever that you kind of need to like move this to meeting. And now I'm like, okay, where am I fitting in these five people? Um, and like, it's funny because like right now I'm, you know, I'm in between jobs, I'm consulting and my, the hours are so flexible and this would theoretically be the best time because I have more extra time. Totally. But also it's just living with my parents. My parents are like, I give them like a B plus in terms of openness about my sexuality, like mm-hmm. acceptance. Mm-hmm. They totally understand like you were born this way. This isn't a phase. This is who you are. I will love whoever you love. But like there is sort of like a weirdness still of like if I'm like, okay, I'm going on a date. And they're like, who is he or she? Like there's still <laughs> just like a little there. And for the first couple of months really didn't try to date. Um, and really what kind of opened it more was I met a person in person and that sort of kind of kicked off being like, okay, I should really be using this time um, to try to date at least and like flex those muscles at least. <laughs> and how did that go with the person that you met in person? It was in DC. It was supposed to be a debate watch party um, that was not run by one of the campaigns, but just sort of like a Dem watch party. And I um, support Elizabeth Warren and had an Elizabeth Warren shirt on. And he came and sat next to me because he was like, I support Elizabeth Warren too. And the debate watch party was really boring and it was really skewed to like older women and men. Like Mm. it was kind of like a fancier, I don't know. It was definitely like not my people and it was clearly not his. And so we were literally sitting on like the Elizabeth Warren volunteers app, finding nearby debate watch parties that were at bars. And (laughs) so we walked to a different debate watch party. And by the time we got there, he was like, you know, I'm actually just going to go and finish watching this at home. And then he just left and like, we didn't exchange numbers or anything. He kind of reminds me a little of like John Mulaney is, and I said that to him in terms of sort of his cadence and also his like neurosis Mm. of how he was talking in the like 30 minutes we were together. And I kind of just, just like John Mulaney, who I think is hilarious. I don't consider myself attracted to John Mulaney. um, And I don't think I like, 
felt attraction to him. So I didn't think much of it. But then he found my email address through the Elizabeth Warren app, which on one hand was like, cool, dude, do what you got to do to find me. But like also totally has the potential for this to be like misused. But uh, yeah, don't worry about that. Come on. How politically correct can we really be when we're trying to meet people in real life? Let's go. Right. And it's like, you know, so technically I still met him on an app. It just was an Elizabeth Warren uh-huh. app. No, you met him in person. <laughs> I did meet him in person, but he found me through the app. This is why I always say, though, if someone's interested in you, it won't be confusing. They will find you. They will hunt you down. They will get to you in a positive way of like, don't worry, you know? And for all you people out there who want to be the aggressor, take notes. This is good. I like this. It was like a message through the app. It wasn't like he had my contact information. He was able to like message me. And he just said, I should have given you my number. Here's my number. Feel free to text me if you want to like grab dinner or do something. I love this because he also was respectful about it by saying, you know, I'm making contact, but if you're interested, you take another step to show me that because I don't want to creep you out or come on too strongly or put you in a weird position. Exactly. And so I think, you know, in the moment, I wasn't totally attracted to him, but his attraction to me was enough that I'm sure I should, you know, do this. So at first, we were kind of texting about the debates. Um, I think texting in the app's are a means for us to get in person and to create the logistics to Agreed. meet in person. So 100%, I am yes. pretty comfortable being like, hey, not a big texter. Can we like figure out dinner? Um, he was being really pushy for a couple of days about like trying to get me to come to his apartment. Like, come over and I can cook you dinner. Come over and watch the second night of the debate. And I was like, let's go to a bar. Let's go to a restaurant. And so I kind of was just a little, like not too much, but a little too much. <laughs> Do you feel like you could have said, hey, I don't go to people's houses until I've been dating them for a month? I feel like you, especially as someone who's like pretty vocal and clear about your needs and your boundaries, could have just said that instead of allowing him to be pushy and then feel uncomfortable about it. Right. And I've kind of talked about this with uh, some of my friends because I have said that. And actually, a little bit after, a couple of days later, a guy on Tinder or something it was like, he was like, hey, what are you doing? And I said, oh, I'm dog sitting for my neighbors this weekend. So just hanging out with some dogs. What about you? And he said, I can come over and we can cuddle. And I did. I was like, honestly, I would not have someone come over if I've never met them. Also to not my house. I'm dog sitting. (laughs) Nice try though. Who are you? And, And I was like, and just, you know, my guess is most women would feel a little put off by two messages in you're trying to get on her couch and he was like my bad let's get coffee but like honestly I was just already kind of soured on it yeah totally the discomfort from the first one did lead me like two days later to to really be explicit with someone else um but so first guy Elizabeth Warren guy um he (laughs) so we we got coffee uh as a date um and by that he owns a coffee company that ships direct to consumers and one day when I happened to be in DC and his office is in DC I went over to his office that's just him and he made me coffee that is his coffee I like that (laughs) I like that a lot I do like that too that 
felt, you know, I mean, it was still, you know, there wasn't a clear exit if I needed to escape, whatever. Um, he. Do you tend to do coffee dates over drink dates? I tend to do drink dates. I, I have feel like I've been seeing more often people on apps that don't drink mm. and I have no issue with tea or yeah. coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, I just was on Bumble messaging with a woman who I suggested drinks. She said, I don't drink. And I said, oh, cool. We can get coffee or tea. You're going to walk or whatever. And I'm waiting for her to respond. The weird thing about the date was... I mean, we're there. He's, he runs a coffee company. That is his full-time profession that, you know. And so I asked, I said, how did you get into this? And he goes, well, that's just kind of a long story. And I'm like, we're literally in your office drinking your coffee. This feels like the moment to indulge me by explaining, you know, I don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe there's like a really weird long trauma of like my mother kidnapped, you know, my brother. Maybe or maybe it's I, just I some people don't like to talk about um, money or their work on a first date. It could be that my my je- well, but my general assumption with someone who's young and owns a company is their parents gave them money. So maybe it was that and he was and I could be wrong about that, but maybe he was embarrassed. I want to hear where this is going, but I'm I'm going to jump in right here and say not a reason to not go on another date. Sure. Um, I mean, really, in the end, that was um, a couple days ago, two days ago. Uh, in the How end, was the date outside of him not wanting to talk about? His coffee. It was fine because that was at the beginning and then we kind of moved on to talking about other stuff. I really did not feel any kind of level of attraction. I it mm-hmm. felt like I, I get like it doesn't have to be a spark, it doesn't have to be like, you know, hard eyes and you know, whatever, but it really felt like two people who were like coworkers. I don't know. It didn't feel like it didn't feel like a date, which partially is because it was at his office, right? Like how do you fully kind of separate that? In my life and in my work and with my friends and with whatever else, I'm like constantly having to be the the aggressive one, the one that's making decisions, the one that's doing, you know. And so for me, like, I want a person that does at least take some control of this and like be as, you know, kind of bold and aggressive as I am and being like, I'm a very flirty person. But well, but he did do the work of finding you. That's something. That is true, but I don't feel like I felt, I feel like if he had been at all kind of flirty or um, anything, just like anything, that would have opened me more to totally giving it back. Um, and so kind of at the end, I had to go to a dinner. It had been like a couple, two hours, you know, and I was like, oh, well, I got to get going. And like, he walked me to the door and hugged me and then I walked away and like, I don't really feel an immense, like, oh man, like a missed opportunity. I'm kind of feeling like, yes, yeah, that's where we are. <laughs> well, I mean, I hear you. Right. And I know that you are a intelligent, strong, opinionated person who knows herself. I will also, as the devil's advocate that I am, say you could have been the one to open the door to flirting and he may have been trying to be respectful or might have all of a sudden felt nervous or felt weird. And even though you guys already hung out the night of the debate, 
this was like the first official date, which means like I'm choosing to be here and I hope you like me. And that automatically puts people into a weird formal space and like a weird nervousness. And I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's not an excuse for male identifying people, um, but they don't shine on dates. They're not great the way that more tends to be more feminine energy people are better at making someone comfortable flirting being comfortable making it a better situation asking the questions whatever whatever that it can often take men a few dates to calm down and get in that especially if he really liked you and you know if I was coaching him I would say probably don't have her to your like office slash work that doesn't to me that's not conducive to flirting that's not conducive to a romantic atmosphere I like if you both drink a cocktail if you both don't drink at least like somewhere pretty or cozy or somewhere where you can have a little close contact without it being awkward because normally I would be telling you like well did you make physical contact did you feel like you were flirting did you open the door to flirtiness because often it is the woman who has to initiate that to let the man know that it's okay but I think yeah, it was kind of an awkward situation to it you think the space was was not was not right um I had this a lot in my dating where on the, you know, on the first date, I don't feel anything, but I'm like, okay, I can go on a second date. Like that doesn't mean anything. I am very naturally like whoever is in front of me, I can talk to you Mm -hmm. and make you feel at ease. And, and so I get that not everyone is going to come to a first date like me, Mm -hmm. but I kind of need someone who's as extroverted as me because I do so much socializing and you know, so much work things where a partner would be with me and social things where a partner would be with me. And, um, and so I do kind of end up having this filter where I'm like, if you aren't that naturally great at at least getting a little more comfortable at dates, like to me, that feels like a personality thing. And I've gone enough times to second and third and fourth dates where it doesn't change. Um, or even I will try to like, you know, I'll, we'll get more physical and I think we'll maybe when we do get more physical, that will open it up and it kind of never does. I mean, it just sort of is like, they're the same way physically and sexually. Um, and so it's like, I'm trying to not let that stop me, but also so far I've had a lot of instances where I have been right or it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, but it does feel like if I feel like we're kind of not on the same sort of extroverted page in the first and second dates by the third or fourth, it doesn't change and doesn't really get better. Uh, I mean, I think I, I hear you. And again, I know that you're someone who knows yourself well and knows what you need. I will say a first date, a second date, a third date does not a relationship make and does not show you how a person is in a relationship. You need longer than that, which I'm not saying like, waste your time, just keep on going more and more and more dates with them. But if there is something you like about them or you think there could be potential there, you know, it can take a while for people to warm up. And I will also say that if you are playing the role of the extrovert and kind of playing the role that you play at work, where you're talking to people, you're socializing, you're making everyone comfortable, you're kind of handling the situation, that doesn't leave much room for 
them to do that in return, especially if they're just like, oh, this person like clearly doesn't need me, has her shit together, is kind of running the show without me. I'm just going to like answer the question she asks me because obviously she knows what she wants. Like, oh, okay. And I would love to see you on a date because I feel like if what you're doing is bringing your work persona into the date, which is you, which is real, which is not to say like, oh, that's a persona, but that is a certain like I'm on energy that you have when you're at work or at an event or all the various things that you do. It's not uh, romantic slash relationship energy. It's not really feminine energy, not to totally go down the gender lines, but in terms of feminine and masculine energy, which I don't necessarily think corresponds to gender. It is just kind of not allowing another person to show you who they can be if given the chance. Right. I think when I said, when we were um, deciding what my anonymous name would be, and I Mm -hmm. said, Leslie for Leslie Nope. Mm-hmm. I feel like as a fictional character, Leslie Nope, not that her and I are this have the exact same personality, but in the show, Leslie Nope is Leslie Nope mm-hmm. when she's in a relationship or when she's with her friends or when she's at work. Like part of the comedy is that she's always Leslie Nope, but like that isn't how a person should be. Right. <laughs> per se. Right. Like there is different levels and and I think I wanna be the best girlfriend, the best coworker, the best supervisor, the best friend, the best daughter, the best aunt. And like romantic relationships are different than your other relationships. Um, And when I've been in relationships, I've been very comfortable. Like there are arenas where they are, you know, taking care of me and there's things I need and I don't have an issue being vulnerable or whatever. Like there's some aspects where you kind of need to be able to keep up with me. (laughs) Yeah. But if it's like, if you're presenting it that way, even just in your mind, that's just not what a relationship is. Like a relationship is a partnership between two people who bring different things to the table. Because if everyone's bringing the same thing, we don't need each other and we don't fit into each other. And so even you're saying, I need an extrovert because I'm an extrovert and I need someone who can like extrovert with me and go to parties with me and be socializing. You know, an introvert can still go to parties with you. They might stand proudly by and smile while you talk to people. Or, you know, they might say, you go, I'm going to stay home and read a book. And then you get to go off and do your thing. And that can be a real gift. You don't need two people with the exact same strengths. In fact, you probably don't want that. You want someone who can kind of be the yin to your yang and balance you out. And I would say, you know, I wonder what it would feel like for you. And I'm happy to hear that in relationships, you've let people take care of you. I imagine it took a while, but I... I wonder what it would feel like for you to go on a date where you were just like, I am not going to do anything. I'm going to let this person run the show and completely take care of me. And I'm, I'm going to let them be me. And I'm going to be all the people that I'm taking care of all the time. And I'm just going to sit back and see what that feels like. like I wonder, because I know right now that it's such a habit for you to be Leslie Nope all the time. And it feels safe and it feels comfortable and it's your comfort zone and it's like how you know yourself and it's who you are. And I would never try and take that away from you. But as we grow older and develop and decide we want different things in our lives, like a relationship, we do have to change certain things that we've always done the same way. I wonder if it would feel good to you at all to be like, and in this area of my life, I completely give up control and I soften and I let someone else call the shots and I just let myself be carried along 
like the queen that I am, you know, and I can still have all the control and everything else in every other part of my life. So, yes, I've been to therapy and I've done enough, you know, self-help and reflection to know that, you know, I do not do a good enough job of uh, letting myself be treated the way I treat other people or, um, you know, or, or like advocating for myself or whatever in whatever way. Um, when you said that, my immediate thought was if I were myself, I would never want to date because no one else when I'm on the apps is ever the one that is like getting us toward meeting each other. Sure. Because- no, no, no. I'm not talking about that part. To me, nothing matters to me until you're on the in-person date. Because I would say to get to the date, whatever needs to happen needs to happen. I don't care about that. I don't count that. To me, that's like free limbo time. Like that's just, that doesn't mean anything because you haven't met the person yet. I would say that even for the first two, three dates, that still we're, we're like melting away the persona that we come with, you know, like we're still kind of relaxing into the thing. So that's why I say like, you can't really judge how someone's going to be in a relationship by your first date with them or your second date with them. Like, that's why I say like, keep going until you're either absolutely repulsed by them or they do something horrible or, you know, like if you have the time and like they still want to go on dates and you're like, there could be something here. They're a nice person. I'm not feeling amazing sparks, but just just entertain it to see what happens when they relax a little bit. And also part of why I say for, because you said, you know, if he had done some type of flirting, then I would have flirted back. Or if he had initiated some type of something, I would have done it back. And I will say, as much as I just told you to let go and do nothing, that in that area, you might have to do it first just so they have the confidence to do it. Because they're sitting there like, I don't want to make a false move. I don't want to mess it up. So the things that can happen to a person when they feel like you like them are incredible. Their whole personality can change around when they're like, they get just the little hit of confidence that comes from someone making them feel attractive or like they like them or they're flirting with them. Like if you had done just one flirty thing to be like, I'm into you and there is potential for us to be naked together in the future, he might have just relaxed and come into his swagger so much more. We don't know. Right. Okay. (laughs) Noted. (laughs) And I'm saying, you know, like, obviously, if you're not feeling it, you're not feeling it. But I would challenge you to not make those decisions based on he doesn't seem forward enough or extroverted enough or like he can handle me, like he can keep up with me. Those are all false things we do to protect ourselves. We have to actually give the person a chance to do that. And to do that, we have to one, stop doing it ourselves. And two, give them a sign that we want them to do that and that we're like here for it and we're not going to reject them. Sure. I kind of related and and I don't feel like I've been on enough dates recently that I can really correlate this, but I, um, just, I having gained a lot of weight and sort of the feelings with dating when you have gained a lot of weight, which is like a self-esteem thing. Um, and, and also, um, kind of looking at people who are attracted to you in a different way. Mm. Um, like I would say, so, you know, I, Probably in the last six years, I've gained like 60 pounds. Mm-hmm. So I'm 5'9", and I went from like 
170, which was like a pretty sustainable, like I eat healthy, I exercise. I don't exercise just to like burn calories. I exercise to feel good. Uh, but I still like, you know, imbibe in alcohol and foods that make me happy, whatever. Uh, and you know, right now I'm, you know, five, nine and like 230 pounds. And, um, and like, I feel like in the last five or six years, you know, from the app standpoint, I don't feel like I swipe differently. I feel like I swipe the same way I swiped 60 pounds ago, but I would probably say I get about 10 to 15% of the amount of matches that I used to. Mm -hmm. And I'm so, you know, that is kind of a self-esteem thing, you know, kind of sucks. I get it. And also, I mean, I get that I do look like a sort of different person, you know, that's just going to happen. Um, and so I think also like mentally a little, maybe, you know, kind of the, like, I don't want someone, I feel like you've talked about this with other people on your podcast. Like, I don't want some, I don't want to be part of a club that wants to be a part of me. I'm like, why, if you're kind of the like remaining people that are swiping and matching with me at this point, I don't know that I'm like sort of less attracted to them, which is terrible. And also like, I don't, you know, I, I don't think your weight is like an identity thing of you and that it doesn't necessarily say anything about you or your life or whatever. I think it has been one, just like not feeling as good and feeling like I, you know, would have like a pretty healthy mix of, um, dating, like meeting people and dating people from apps and then also meeting people in like real life because I'm always around people and that just ends up happening where I feel comfortable being like, Hey, you brought your friend to this event and he's like super cool. Like, Oh, is he single? Oh, well tell him he should call me. Um, and I feel like I still do that the same. And then like more of it is like, Oh, like he's not interested. So I don't know. I'm also just navigating that where trying to be like, Okay, I don't want this to make stop me from dating or totally. feeling uncomfortable or whatever. But I do think it sort of feels like the people I end up dating are kind of like, okay, I guess I'll keep going out with them, but like I don't really want to, but also I don't really have that many other options. But like once you get into that feeling with them, like that's right. not really fair to them as you go on like a second or third date. It's a really long winded thing for you to unpack. <laughs> no, I love it. Thank I mean, thank you for like getting to the root of that and kind of like opening up about it and being honest, because I do think also probably some of what you're experiencing, at least since the only date I really have to go on is this coffee one, but but kind of assuming they weren't into you quickly and just being like, well, he's not flirting, so I'm not going to flirt because I don't want to get rejected. And also, I'm going to assume he's not interested, even though this person actually met you in person and was interested in you, clearly. So you can kind of at that point, let go of that idea. Uh, I do. I mean, I understand what you're saying. And I, I would say to the weight gain, if it's something that makes you unhappy or not even unhappy, but less confident in your self in general, then I would say, you know, take a look at it. See if there's small things you could do to just be like, what could make me feel better? Not even like, how can I lose the 60 pounds or whatever? But literally, because you said like you exercise because it feels good, endorphins, whatever. Keep following that, I would say, and just do things that feel good in general, because that will always be good for you, whether it's reflected on the outside or not. It will be reflected. You know what I mean? Like right. people of, and I've said this before, of all shapes and sizes are in happy relationships. And so it's really much more about how you feel about your shape or your size and less about 
how the world feels about it, because I firmly don't believe that any shape of person can't find someone. So I think that's much more about like, if you feel like that's affecting your energy and you feel like it's making you less confident or less present or less excited or less believing that someone could be interested in you, then, you know, follow the small things that make you feel good or make you feel better, get the right chemicals flowing so you can feel good. Right. I feel like with this, I mean, kind of just using this coffee guy as a microcosm. Yeah. Like when we met, it was kind of circumstance. Like we both were like, we want to go this other thing. And we walked and I was like, not fully feeling it, but like, whatever. And then he showed interest, you know, he went that extra mile to find Mm -hmm. me. And I'm like, yes. And of course, like I should just go, you know, go on a date, see how it is. You never know. You can't make assumptions of whatever, you know, you spend 30 minutes with this person. And then I feel like when we were getting coffee, I, you know, still wasn't feeling it. But I guess I just have this other layer of being like, am I just telling myself I should keep going with him? Because there is, you know, I'm not, I don't have as many options as like I used to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Probably overthinking, but I'm trying to be like, there's a difference between being open and then just this feeling of like, well, why am I turning down people when like I am getting 10% of the swipes that I used to? So like, which is like a terrible mindset. (laughs) I mean, I don't, I don't, I think, first of all, there are many different reasons that people get different swipes than they used to. Like six years ago, the apps were a totally different thing. Nowadays, you know, people download them, they're active for a day, then they delete them, then they re-download them. And there's this whole culture around it now. So I think a lot of people are having different results than they used to. I'll so think as we get older, like when we're not 25 and everyone's swiping for hookup, now it's 30 and people are gonna be like, oh, she's probably looking for a relationship, which is like something annoying that people do. Like there can be all different reasons. So I definitely wouldn't assume, oh, it's because I gained weight. Like that's just kind of what your mind is doing. I would never want you to feel like I have to go on these days with these people that I don't want to because my pool is smaller now. I still think you should hold yourself to the same standard. Now, you know, my theory is always go on way more dates than than you want to and swipe yes way more than you want to. So I would encourage you to keep doing that. Just from what I've seen and and what I hear about with you, I don't think it's like people aren't into you, but I do think you're probably putting off some sort of energy of expecting people not to be into you or not believing that people could be into you or, you know, feeling however you feel about your current body and how it's changed is probably coming out in some way, whether it's making you reject more people or you're starting to create stories from your app statistics of like, well, it's 75% less matches, so it must be related to my weight gain. Like these are, we can derive stories and graphs from anything we want to and make them make sense. You know what I mean? But where's the value in that? I don't think there is any, unless you like really plan to do something huge and drastic, which I would not encourage about it. What are we gaining from that? Nothing. This is your body. This is who you are. You're beautiful. Plenty of people are interested in you. We're not worried about that. What worries me more is you being closed off to people who are interested in you because of the thing you said, which is, I don't want to be a part of any club that wants to have me. I think you have to believe that, yeah, different people might be interested in you now than used to be. I'm sure your your profile is a little bit different or you are more, whatever it is, you're more discriminating than you used to be or you're more strong-minded than you were in your 20s as most of us are. You know, like there's many, many different factors and you just kind of have to keep following, like say yes to as many people as possible. I give that advice to 
everyone does not matter what you look like, who you are. Like we all need to open up our minds and believe that when people are interested in us, they're right and not wrong. And that says something good about them and not bad. Like you said, you 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 mentioned this earlier of liking someone who just because you were like, well, if they were attracted to me, I guess I should give them a chance because that's smart. I'm going to say that to everyone that has nothing to do with you or what you look like. You know what I mean? And I just think the only dangerous thing is going down the path thinking of like, what's wrong with them? Or like, I would never have said yes to them under other circumstances. Like, I just think you have to get past those initial feelings and also kind of your initial feelings of like, I'm going to know on the first date by how they interact with me or how they ask me out or whether they're flirting with me. I'm going to know if they're relationship material or not. Like, you're not. So you just, you do have to go on more dates than you want to go on. Yeah. Well, I was supposed to have a date right after this, which I was trying to get scheduled before this so that I could have another date to chat with you. And then um, we were going to get a drink at a bar near me at seven. And at like noon, I just messaged him on Tinder and said, hey, are we still on for tonight? And he messaged back and said, work has been insane for the last 10 weeks, 10 days. I've done nothing but work until 10, go home and sleep and get up. I won't be able to do it tonight. And I said, okay, been there, you know, holler when you, when you're out up for some air, sort of annoying because it was like, when were you going to tell me this? If I hadn't done the right. check-in message. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't love that. But again, we don't make judgments until we've met the person because he doesn't know yet that he should be obsessed with you. Right. So I don't know. I guess it's just like I keep pushing back on you where I'm like, I'm not really into this coffee guy. Uh, He hasn't said anything yet about another date. I just don't feel like I care enough about it to be like, hey, do you want to meet next Tuesday and do this? And Well, since your date canceled tonight, why don't you... Why don't you just reach out to him right now and be like, hey, I just had a date canceled. Do you want to grab a drink? Yeah. Well, and then, okay, I don't mean to keep making some excuses. So he lives (laughs) in D.C. and I'm in Virginia. And another thing that's felt a little annoying is he makes every suggestion he made was somewhere right next to him. And I was like, I don't really have access to a car. I can take Metro. Can you? I tried to negotiate. We're like, I will do the 45 minute ride on the Metro. Can you ride your bike two miles to meet me at a bar off the Metro? And he was like, meh. So I'm putting like an hour of transit into this. Yeah. And I'm not even that excited about it. So the okay. fact being like, let's get a drink and knowing that it's going to be this rigmarole. But I do like to say that when you have a date cancel, which happens to everybody and doesn't say anything about you and doesn't necessarily say anything about them either. I like to treat it as if you owned a small business and you had a client cancel, what can you do to make up for that money lost tonight? So can you get another date real quick? Go on Tinder and just be like, hey, what are you doing? Want to grab a drink right now? Or can you go to an event? Or can you say, I'm going to swipe for a half hour on each of my apps tonight and get a date on the books for later this week? Mm, That's probably my homework. I will have to do that. So I always say, yeah, just make up for whatever money you lost by doing something else. So you're not just like, well, there goes another night of my life when I could have met someone and I didn't. But like figuring out, well, okay, well, fine. What can I do? Or like if I'm not, you know, feeling great about myself and I think maybe that's affecting things, what can I do? What kind of time can I put in to feel better about myself tonight? You know, because I will say too, with the 
swiping and feeling like you get less matches. I'm not a big magical thinking person. I am not. And I'm not a like, your energy is probably whatever person. But I do think it's going to affect the way you interact with people in general and probably the way you wrote your profile and probably whatever you're putting out there in however many different ways. If you're not feeling great, about where you are and you're just like waiting to get rejected or you're going to assume that anyone who doesn't reject you doesn't deserve you. Right. It's funny. I feel like almost, I mean, I know you're going to be like, okay, Leslie, shut up. But um, I almost feel like it's the opposite where I'm like, I feel like I have too much confidence for how I look. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Which is horrible. And if someone who looked like me said, say, shut up. Yeah, shut up. You need to shut up. You should have 20 times more confidence than you have. This whole time, all I've been thinking is how nice of eyebrows you have. Like, I, I'm mesmerized. I can't stop looking at them. I would look at your face all day. Like, you're yeah, whatever. This is not about me telling you how beautiful you are. But like, I. There are lots of things about me that I like. Great. So focus on those things. I want you to focus on talking yourself up. Whenever you get the feeling of like, I have too much confidence for what I want you to, for what I would look like, you should be like, I don't have enough confidence for what I look like. Because just as we all know, as cliche as it is, the hottest thing in the world to anyone is confidence. And the unhottest thing in the world is lack of confidence and like thinking that you don't deserve whatever it is you deserve. So, you know, I'll just out you right now before you left. Uh, you were seeing some guy and you had a threesome with some couple and you're fucking hot and everyone wants to have sex with you. So just get over that. And whatever messages you've given yourself about, well, it's because I gained weight. I have 75% less matches. It's bullshit. It's just bullshit. That stuff does not matter. All that matters is how it's affecting your attitude going into dates. I do feel like in this moment, as I'm applying for jobs, in some ways, we treat dates too much like interviews, but yes, parallels to job hunting and, you know, date hunting. Um, and I do feel like I've always pretty easily gotten a job. You know, I've hopped off the job when I'm ready to leave. I found another one that is exactly what I want. And so, you know, 100 applications and 15 interviews and none of them leading to a job just feels so exhausting. But like, I wouldn't not apply interview out of whatever fear and when I do get a job interview you know sometimes I get a job interview and I don't feel like I'm I'm surprised because I don't feel like I'm fully qualified for it but I'm like well I'm not gonna let them think that I think that in the interview so I'm gonna come in like I'm you know the best person for the job and I can be depending on what my idea of what they want to hire might be different than what they want to hire and maybe I am who they want to hire And I'm trying to have that same mindset in some ways of dating, of be very confident and, you know, go into each one like an opportunity. And it's okay that, you know, you get rejected. And just assume, as I say all the time, that you have to go on a thousand dates. I give a job, like jobs are easier to find than your person, if you believe in that. So if you have to go on a hundred job interviews or apply for a hundred jobs, go on 15 interviews, you have to go apply for a thousand dates, go on 500 of them, then like 
10 of them might actually be something. You know what I mean? Like it's just, you just have to think bigger. So you have to bring that part of your job mindset into it, but leave the part of your job mindset that's like, okay, I'm just going to perform as Leslie Nope, and I'm going to control the situation and I'm going to do everything I always do and show them how great I am. That is not your job on a date. Because you are someone who would like a partnership and someone to take care of you and a place to relax, ideally, which is a relationship, you need to leave some of that jobbiness and capableness at the door and allow someone else to show you that they can do the job. You don't go into a job interview and the other person talks the entire time. They let you talk and tell them why you're great for the job and they let you show them why you're great for the job. So you have to allow that other person the same thing, but it's kind of like you have to throw them the bone of like, so we're really interested in you, which you're obviously going to do with like body language of flirtation, but letting them just have that confidence of like, okay, they want to hire me. And now I just have to like show them why they should, but I'm going into it knowing they want to hire me. I'm confusing all kinds of job metaphors here, but you know what I mean. I get it though. I do. And so it's kind of in a fun place to be doing both, um, even though it does also give me this existential crisis of, of like, am I as good as I thought I was? Or yes, <laughs> you are. You are. Why doesn't everyone want to date me? Why doesn't everyone want to hire me? Because you're not, you are so good, but the best person in the world is not for everyone. And I am the friend when all my, you know, when my friends are dating, you know, they go on a date or something with someone and it doesn't work out either way that they realize it doesn't work or the other person does and, you know, realizes that, you know, I'm always the one that's like, you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea. There are, you know, 8 billion people in this world. And- yes. See, you're so good at doing this for other people. You just need a dose of your own medicine. Exactly. I'm really great at it. Yeah. People. Yeah. Leslie Nope is an amazing friend amazing. and coworker, but she's kind of a nut job when it comes to herself. Yes. <laughs> I just think, I think you have to be willing to give up a little bit of the Leslie Nope when you go into these dates and let someone else be the Leslie Nope and just be like, this is the part where I just get to relax and let them show me how amazing they are. We already know I'm amazing. We know you're amazing. So let them, let them be amazing. You can't be the only amazing one. I'm sorry. (laughs) You have to let them be amazing. I'm going to say, I will let the coffee guy go. I'll let you let him go because it sounds like you have a ton of reasons not to like him. So we'll just, I'm not going to, I'm not into forcing things. So I'll let that, I'll let that one go. Although I really love the way the meet cute happened. Right. Love a big fan. So I do have this other guy that canceled tonight and hopefully we will, you know, set something up. Um, I did leave that one in his because if he's busy, like you come to me when you, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. get out of your craziness at work. The dinner I was going to after the coffee date was an alum event for my college. And I knew one friend there and I went because I knew him and he can be my anchor. Mm -hmm. Um, But I met his roommate for the first time who also went to our college. They had met in college and they still room together. And I was like, hmm. And so, I didn't get to talk to my friend at the end, but later I texted him and said, what is your roommate's deal? And he was like, well, he's single. Why? And I said, well, do you want to see if he's interested in me and you can give him my number? And he, they have like weird schedules. So he said, it was like, like tonight he's going to see him. And he said, I'm going to talk to him in person and tell him that you guys should go out and I'll report back. Great. So I love this. Keep doing this. I want you, 
Here's your various assignments. One, also, I think you need to be a little bit more forgiving with yourself because you just moved. And it takes a while to feel settled and confident and start to build up your community. And you are someone who really thrives from having a community. And that gives you a lot of strength and confidence. So I think it makes sense if your confidence is a little down right now because you don't totally have that yet and you're still figuring that out. You're also someone who derives a lot of confidence from your career. So it makes sense that you're not in your ideal headspace without a firm job. So all of those things, I want you to be patient with yourself. And I don't want you to get like, I guess I'm not as good as I thought I was. You are great, but you just moved and it takes time, especially as we get older, to build a community, to build back up our confidence when we completely left our life and started over. These things take time. And it's hard to really be committed to dating or getting into a relationship when you don't have a firm foundation of a community and a career that you're happy with. Like, it's just hard. It's hard. And I would never say like, you have to be perfect and have everything figured out before you can date. But for you, I think you will feel better when you have a few of those things a little more solidified. That is not permission to not date right now, because I also kind of like you in this off kilter, not quite as firm foundation space of like maybe a little bit of vulnerability. And I think you should lean into that and go on these dates. And rather than thinking of them as yet another way to prove yourself, be like, in here, I already know I'm good. I don't have to prove myself. I'm going to let someone else take care of me, take care of the situation and prove themselves to me. I'm going to give them space to do that. That's not in a confrontational way. That's in a like, I'm going to relax and soften, be gentle and flirt with them to let them know they have a chance. Then you're going to keep swiping, swipe widely and confidently and positively. If something is getting in your head that is making you feel less confident, maybe do something about it. And when you have a date cancel or a date fall through or any week that goes by where you don't have a firm date, do something else to make the money back. Put in the time, put in the effort. I love that you meet people in real life and that you tell your friends to set you up. So keep doing that. And let this dating be not a way of proving to yourself that you are not as confident as you used to be or not as great as you thought you were. But let the dating part of your life be fun right now. You're dealing with the job stuff. You're building up a new community. You just moved. So let the dating be like, I'm a new person in a new town. Where are you going to take me? What are you going to show me? Like, let's have fun. This is just my way of meeting people. I'm not even ready for a relationship because I just got here. So I'm not going on this date to see if I'm going to be in a relationship with you. I'm going on this date to go to like a new bar I haven't been to before, meet a new person. Maybe we'll be friends. Maybe I'll be friends with his friends. Maybe I'll get a makeout in. It's just like fun to get settled into your new home. It's true. I feel like I all I was like that when I first moved to Los Angeles and I was yes. on business with my boyfriend and then we broke up. And then like, then it did kind of feel this like, I'm in a new city and I'm single and I do feel like I have to just let myself feel like I'm that 22 year old. Yes. Again. Yes. Yes. Even you do 30 and even whatever do 30 to do 20 look different or whatever in my head. But also in so many other ways, I'm a, I like myself better in terms of my right. other way, you know, so many mm-hmm. ways of my personality and values and stuff. So everyone is down for a good time and you are a good time. <laughs> so you need to have a good time on these dates. You need to go into these dates to have a good time. Be 20 again, 22. You're not right now on any sort of like time clock because you just you have to get settled there first, you know? So this is your chance to explore and have fun, have everything be low stakes. You're not looking for the guy who's going to meet you and keep up with you and blah, blah. You're just looking to have a good time with all different kinds of people. Woohoo! 
Woohoo! And I think you can have fun with it. And I think this can be a way of just being like, I'm going to, this is how I'm going to grow my community. This is how I'm going to learn about different places around the city. This is how, and I recognize like it's hard when you're living with your parents and you don't have a job and you're just like, well, I can't have fun with that. But like, that's kind of the ideal time to just like not be who you usually are and not be as in control of the situation and be like, yeah, I'm living with my parents right now. It's super fucking weird. Let's go have a good time. But then like, I have to be home by 11. I don't know. (laughs) Like, you know, it's funny because like I never did it in high school. So it's like the first time I've lived under my parents' roof and like been dating. And it's just sort of funny that it's now. (laughs) (laughs) It is funny, but I mean, it it just, I think for you, anything that throws you off your game a little bit is actually going to be a good thing as long as you allow it to breathe and throw you off your game and not like fight against it and be like, nope, still, I still have my shit together. Like we can all see through that. You're allowed to just be a little bit of a mess right now and have fun with it like a 22 year old. You're like reminding me, you know, those like bouncy ball, like the half bouncy ball that you stand on and try to maintain your balance. Like I'm envisioning me on that as you're talking. Yes. I love that. And it's like, you don't, you can, I remember once I was in a yoga class many years ago and we're like, had to do something where we stood on one foot and the teacher said, embrace the wobble. If you fight it, you'll fall over. And I do ever since sometimes I wobble like crazy, but it's just like, I'm wobbling, but I'm still standing and everyone can see me wobble, you know? And it's just like, let it wobble, girl, have fun, like have fun and be stupid and mess things up for once in your life. Thank you. And flirt even when you don't really feel like it. A new perspective. Yes. <laughs> yes. Go get on the wobbly half ball. Go make up the money you lost tonight, however you do that. And I do intend to check in with you a few months from now when you've had a little more time to have fun and explore. And I want to hear that you're just like going crazy and having a good time. I don't really care about anything else. Challenge accepted. Woohoo! I know you're the woman for the job. Get it. <laughs> Thank you, Leslie Nope, for joining me. (laughs) Be in touch. Thank you. So good to talk to you. I miss you. You too. Have fun. Just the tip, a dating tip. It really seemed to work for our guest, Leslie Nope, when I talked about dating as a business. I know for a lot of career-minded people, that is very helpful. So I do like to say, you know, similarly to how I compare dating to working out, if you want a job, you're going to go after it. You're going to go on as many interviews as it takes, and you're not going to give up. Similarly, if you run your own business, as I do, if a client cancels on you at the last second or you get sick and can't go to an event or something like that, you would do something to make up the money that you lost. So do that with dating. If it's the person cancels on you, see if you can get another date for that night. Sometimes that can be the most serendipitous, the best dates, because it was just seat of your pants, like, oh, who's this person? Do you want to go out tonight? Yeah, great. Let's go. And it can be casual. It can be fun. It can be a good time, even if it's not the love of your life. Uh, You can decide to go to an event with a friend, hand out your phone number. You can troll Facebook or Instagram for your friend's friends that you think are cute and DM them or say to your friends, hey, who's your friend that's in this picture with you? Are they single? I love that Leslie does that uh, with her friends. So There are many different ways to get creative about making the theoretical money back. And I just encourage you to do that. If you're like, I think I, uh, you know, I canceled this day because I wasn't feeling good about myself, then go do something that makes you feel good about yourself, whether it's working out, going to a dance party, cooking a nice meal for yourself, whatever it is, ask yourself what you lost by not going on the date 
um, or having the client cancel and then ask yourself what would be equivalent to making up for it. Maybe it's getting a date on the books for later in the week when you're feeling better. Whatever it is, make up for lost money, aka love, with some love for yourself and some love for your dating business. Thank you to Leslie Nope for coming on the show anonymously today. If you are interested in coming on the show or want to follow us on Instagram, Not Your Therapist Podcast, on Instagram, Not Your Therapist Podcast at gmail.com. We can also talk about private coaching. You can send me questions. I will answer them on air or invite you to come on and talk and change your name to your favorite fantasy dream character that you relate to. And thank you to Christine Bartolucci, Josiah Thorngate, our wonderful sound person, editor, producer, Melissa Gruen, our social media media producer, and all of you for listening, rating, reviewing, and making dating fun. <laughs> <laughs>